Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Fryman. I hope everyone had a fantastic week. We got a little bit, well, we, we got a, a little bit more maybe than the Monday show to talk about. I am by myself. Sadly, Michael and Brian were unable to join me for today's show. So I'm sorry to disappoint that it uh, won't be as uh, funny or action-packed, but there's still things that I want to get to, still things that I want to talk about, and hopefully everyone is uh, excited to hear my opinion and my take on everything. So uh, real quick, we are going to start today's show off with the local segment, as always, and that is brought to you by SeatGeek. Download the SeatGeek app or use uh, SeatGeek.com, and you can uh, type in code double technical at the uh, checkout and you get $20 off your first ticket purchase. So we're going to start off today's show with Big Blue Nation and UK basketball. They had a matchup versus South Carolina on Tuesday and they handled it pretty much with ease. Um, we moved up to fifth in the rankings, by the way, just a little extra tidbit, but we were leading at 11 at halftime, and then we just took off in the seven half, second half, outscoring them by 17 points. Final score was 76-48. to 48. When you look at the box score, I mean, we kept them to under 30% from the three and 35% from the floor together. Uh, Reed Travis, 11-9. and nine. P.J. Washington, another 20-point outing. Uh, Tyler Hero, another 11-point outing. I'm getting a little concerned about Haggins, and uh, his play has not been the greatest as he only had two points, four assists. Uh, that's a little worrisome, but the great thing is uh, E.J. Montgomery off of the bench had a great day, 11 points, 13 rebounds. Can't ask for anything better than that off the bench. We are 41% from the floor and 31% from the three-point range. So, all in all, good game. And that's what matters, and that is what is important. Um, and now we got Mississippi State, who is no longer ranked. They were at the beginning of the week, but they've uh, fallen out of it. I think they dropped another game. Um, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit on... Um, the the Monday show, but this is at Mississippi State. Uh, UK's favorite did a win only by 62%, according to ESPN's Basketball Power Index, which is a little low in my opinion, especially because we handled business pretty handily the last time we matched up with them. Mississippi State is coming off an overtime loss to LSU, and so they're definitely going to be out for a little bit of uh, vengeance. But ultimately, I think UK is going to take care of business and move on to 20-3 and three on the year, which is excellent. I mean, no, no complaints right now from this very, uh, what can I say, uh, very somewhat pessimistic fan sometimes. But I don't have anything to say, and that's all that matters. Now on to UK, or I'm sorry, NKU. Man, I did that last week. They had a game against uh, Detroit Mercy. I talked about it on Monday that it needed to be a bounce back game. We really, you know, just needed to execute. We we were very off um, in, in those two losses over last weekend. Very frustrating, honestly. We're better than, you know those two matchups showed and 
we we needed a bounce back and we got that against Detroit Mercy. Um we ended up winning 97 to 65. We led at t- by 20 at halftime. Um when you look at the box score, really what the the tell all difference was is our defense. I mean, we shot 56% from the floor, 45% from 3 while they were limited to 42% from the floor and 26% from 3. Um, Drew McDonald got 20 points, 8 rebounds. He officially broke um, 1,000 rebounds for his career, which is an excellent accomplishment. And he's also a finalist for the senior um, squad, which is great. Congratulations to Drew McDonald. Um, Tate added 11. Sharp added 10. Faulkner added another 12. Um, McCoby uh, off the bench had 11. I mean, we used, I'm pretty sure, every single player um, on this roster because it was such a blowout. So everyone got a little bit of playing time and everyone did their thing. I mean, it, there was some really good bench production put in because we only played majority of our starters for the first half and then just let them rest and, and let the, our bench players, you know, go to town and show us what they got. And they did excellent. I mean, we out rebounded them 42 to 26. We had 33 assists to their eight. I mean, that is what you call a dominant performance by NKU. And, you know, it, it, it was just, it was good to see them return to what we're used to them being. Uh, those last two games were not NKU basketball. They were not executing very well. And the fact that we came out finally, you know, kind of got rid of those demons that were creeping in a little bit, a little bit of self-doubt when you dropped two in a row. You go back home, and you get your bearings, and you go out, and you absolutely dominate. You can't ask for anything better than that. Now we have a game this Saturday against Oakland. This is at NKU as well. Uh, we are favorited to win this game. We lost at Oakland earlier this year, so this is, a, in my opinion, a uh, a revenge game for NKU. I think that they're going to come out and just try to be as dominant as they was or they were in that Detroit Mercy game because they want to make a statement they're probably still upset over that loss a few uh well about a month ago to Oakland and I I think that they're going to go out and be able to do it. Oakland just lost Wright State um also to Youngstown, IUPUI. So they're 2 and 3 in the last 5 while we're three and two, they're they're not a great defensive squad, and I know I said that the last time, and then we lost. I really think NKU is going to come out. They're at home. They have not lost at home this season, and I don't see why they start now. I think NKU goes out there and takes care of business. Now we are on to the Cincinnati Bengals, and there is actually some stuff to talk about. So after the Monday show, officially Zach Taylor was sworn in as the 10th coach in Bengals history. Um, Youngest coach, I mean second youngest coach in the NFL at 35 years of age. He's, you know, really excited about the opportunity. He loved this town, apparently had some other offers, and he just... He really wanted to be a part of this organization, a part of this town. I know, obviously, he had experience here with um, the Cincinnati Bank or uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, 
He loves Andy Dalton, apparently. He's watched all of every single snap of his TCU days. Um, and Mike Brown admitted that he wanted to go in this direction after the fans. You know, he finally actually took notice of the fans and what we were saying and demanding for. And that's why he made the coaching change. And it's a risk. Um, going after Zach Taylor is going to be a risk. He admitted that he is not going to be Sean McFay, which if any of the Bengals fans had that expectation, they'd be ridiculous. Um, he's, he's going to come in and he's going to change the system. It's going to be a younger system. It's going to be new and rejuvenating. And it's exciting as a Bengals fan to see them taking risks that that's something that you would never ever think would happen with the Bengals organization is taking a calculated risk. And that is what they're doing in this head coaching hire. And a a lot of things are going to be different next year. And hopefully it is for the better. But the thing that I really wanted to talk about more is uh, about the other coaching staff hires. So yesterday it was officially announced that Brian Callahan, who we all knew is going to be the offensive coordinator. We also found out that Jim Turner will coach the offensive line. Uh, James Casey will be the tight ends coach, and Ben Martin is the assistant offensive line coach. Um, Turner and Martin both worked on the Dolphins staff and at Texas A&M together. We still do not have a defensive coordinator or a running backs coach, which I'm going to come back to the defensive coordinator spot. But there's a, there's a lot of questions coming about this Jim Turner hire. If anyone remembers back in 2014 with uh, Rich, uh, Richie Incognito and um, Martin, I forget his first name right now, uh, the, the whole bullying case where um, a lot of crazy things happened um, and a lot of disgusting things happened and things were not handled well. The offensive line coach, Jim Turner at the time did not do anything about it. And that is why he lost his job. Uh, and then he went to Texas A&M and was suspended for two weeks because of certain, uh, degrading things that he put in a slideshow that he showed to players, uh, that towards women. And I think this is a very interesting pick for Zach Taylor, someone so young to go with someone, this diverse. I mean, all he's been preaching about already in this first week is about, you know, good character, good ethic and things like that. And then you hire this guy as your offensive line coach. And that does not line up with anything that you've said. Um, you know, some of the things that he said is, you know, he, 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 this is his quote. I know the man and I know he's a great person, great human. And so somebody I trust, we talked about culture and uh, bringing in the right people in this building. And I would never do anything that would tarnish the reputation of the Brown family and the Bengals organization. If I didn't believe in the person and know the person inside and out and every coach, not just Jim, every coach we're being in, uh, bringing in here about the right stuff. And that's why I'm excited to get Jim in here. Football coaching aside, I like the person and I know the person. So obviously a close connection, which is why he's trusted him and he wants to bring him in. But I just think it's very interesting. You know, of course, the Cincinnati being an organization, we've always been um, ridiculed for some of the players that we bring on and some of the things that we, you know, let happen in years past as far as players getting in trouble with the law and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I think it's very interesting that Mike Brown okayed this, you know, giving this coach the first chance back into the league in five years. 
it's 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 going to be interesting to see how it pans out. Obviously, people are going to look over it if you know things go well, but um, it's just an added publicity thing that I I'm surprised that he was willing to take uh, with the Bengals and everything like that. But the good thing is, is we're young and we're rejuvenated as far as the head coaching staff, and we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Um, A few other staff changes, the strength and conditioning uh, coach Chip Morton and assistant strength coach Jeff Friday will not be staying on Zach Taylor's staff. Uh, They were both hired in 2003 when Marvin Lewis took the job, so that is also another coaching spot that's going to need to be filled. (sighs) But. The thing that I'm worried about, and I want to circle back to now, defensive coordinator. We still do not have our leading defensive coordinator. That is a problem. Uh, We thought it was going to be Jack Del Rio. Apparently him and Zach Taylor did not see eye to eye on where they wanted to go, so he passed on them. Then we had another interview with another really good um, defensive coordinator passed on that opportunity. Not Zach Taylor, but the defensive coordinator. We are at a point now where our best interview prospect is a fired defensive coordinator from the Atlanta Falcons last year who had the worst defense in the league, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know how I feel about that. And outside of that, then all the other coaches are DB back coaches who have never been uh, defensive coordinators or a few college defensive coordinators. We're running out of coaching chances. And I'm just a little, uh, I'm a little perturbed as to what, what is Zach Taylor doing or saying that is causing these defensive coordinators to run away? Why, why are they not interested? Is it the players? I mean, is there something wrong with some of the players to where they're not interested? I mean, that wouldn't make any sense because you have Carlos Dunlap, Carl Lawson, a friend of the show, uh, Gino Atkins, uh, William Jackson, and even more players who are great. Uh, Jesse Bates, great players that they should be looking forward to, to having on their squad and having in their defensive scheme. I, I'm just, I'm really interested to see what is happening in those conversations to where Zach Taylor is almost turning them off on this position. And I don't know. I, it's just weird. You don't normally see something like this. And I think that this is something that we need to seriously look into if we continue to have a problem and don't get a defensive coordinator signed. We need to fill that position very, very badly. And if it ends up being a nobody, I'm very concerned as to this team's potential next year. I think it, it I think it can be very harmed. But that's just my opinion. I I'm curious as to what y'all think. Um and then lastly, I saw this one news story where someone was saying that the Bengals need to pick Kyler Murray to become relevant. If they did that, they'd be one of the most popular teams in the NFL, yada, yada, yada. Uh, that sounds great. That would be very interesting. I do think that that would bring a ton of good publicity the Bengals' way, but um, Zach Taylor has made it abundantly clear that he is not interested in going anywhere outside of Andy Dalton. Um 
Andy Dalton's here to stay, and I think that's a good thing. I think Andy Dalton can lead us to a playoff win and possibly even more as long as we got him in a good system. So we'll have to wait and see on everything like that. And uh, when Brian gets back, hopefully we can um, talk a little bit more about coaching changes and uh, start looking forward to the draft. That is a big one. So that is going to uh, conclude today's local segment. Again, it's brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app and use code DOUBLETECHNICAL at checkout to get $20 off your first ticket purchase. Now, I know I usually take a break, but I'm just going to go ahead and dive right in since it's just me today. The last thing I want to talk about is the NBA trade deadline and every crazy thing that happened, okay? There, there was a few decent trades. Okay, I'm I'm gonna go through every one and I'm gonna grade them really quickly. You know, I don't want I'll I'll talk a little bit more on ones that I'm interested in, but I promise not to try to break down every single trade, um, because I mean that would just take forever. So, <laughs> all right, just going down the list that I have. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies uh, treated to uh, agreed to trade Marcus Gasol to the Toronto Raptors. Raptors got Gasol. Memphis got Valanciunas, uh, Wright, C.J. Miles, and a second-round pick. I I think this was a good pick, but I also don't know. Like I I know Valanciunas is not like top top tier center, but he was still a decent player. Um. I'm just curious as to how Marcus Gasol fits into everything. And I'm also very curious as to why um, there was rumors that the the Toronto tried to ship Lowry to Memphis for Conley. And I, I, I'm really confused why they didn't just package deal, you know, get both of those players since they were looking Memphis, that is, to move Conley as well. He, they ultimately didn't. Um why they didn't try to package Lowry into that deal and then get both of them. And who knows? I mean, that would have definitely, in my opinion, made the Raptors even better. Um, but that, that was an interesting trade. I I think Gasol helps give them some more range. Um, but Gasol is also just not as, at least seemingly not as good as he once was, but maybe that's the Memphis effect. Maybe that's, you know, him being trapped down there and you don't get to see him very much. Maybe that's why I feel that way. So we'll we'll have to wait and see how that exactly pans out. The next, the Bucks were able to acquire Nikola uh, Martich, sorry, uh, with a Pelicans and a three-player deal. So the Bucks got Nikola. The Pelicans ended up getting Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, Denver's second-round pick, Washington's 20 or to Denver's 2019 second round, Washington's 2020 and 2021 second round pick and Milwaukee's 2020 second round pick. And then the Pistons got Thon maker. So it was a three, uh, three team deal. Pelicans definitely got a ton, <laughs> absolute ton out of it. Um, you know, Pistons getting Thon maker, Thon makers, uh, had a little bit of a rough year. Nicola hasn't had the greatest year either. Um, but, I think it was a good trade for the Pelicans. They're raring up to be without Anthony Davis, and that that ultimately is helpful. The Lakers ended up trading with their uh, hometown team right next to them. Uh, they traded, uh, I'm sorry, 
Uh, Lakers traded Michael Beasley and uh, Zubak to the Clippers for uh, Muscala. So, I mean, decent trade. Beasley doesn't do much. Zubak, even though he ha- has great potential, he hasn't been getting much playing time. Uh, Muscala, he, he'll definitely be able to come onto the Lakers squad and contribute a little bit more than the other two could. So I think that was a fair deal. Um, this was a big one. 76ers traded former number one overall pick Markel Fultz to the Magic. Um, Marco Fox is officially an Orlando Magic player. Uh, Philadelphia in return got Jonathan Simmons, a first-round conditional pick from OKC, and a second-round pick as well. I think this was a great trade for both parties. I think that the 76ers are in a win-now mode, which kind of makes sense. Um, But... um, I think Markel Fultz needs to hit the reset button. I mean, the poor guy has been, you know, I know that they were saying it was some nerve issues and things like that, but with my medical experience and my medical background, it, it, it's more mental. It, it's more mental. It, it was at least 85%, if not 90% mental. And you feel bad for the guy for getting the hiccups like that, but it happens. I mean, it's a stressful time. It's, it's a lot of things changing and, I just hope that this this is literally the hard reboot. It's going to go down to the Orlando Magic where there's no expectations. 76ers are, again, like I said, in a win-now mode. Orlando or not. They are in rebuild and potential and getting better over time. And that is going to be perfect for him. He'll go down there. He won't have any stresses or concern. Just fix your game and get back to where you were in college. And that... uh. I think will be possible being down there out of the stress and the culture of the 76ers. So I wish Fultz the best of luck. And I think that it's good for both parties, 76ers, Markel Fultz and uh, the Orlando magic. I think everybody won in that deal. Then the Memphis Grizzlies traded Tyler Dorsey to the Atlanta Hawks for, or I'm sorry. I always do read this backwards. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies traded Mac and Bird to the Hawks and in return got Dorsey. Um and Celtics uh got a protected second round pick uh out of that as well because I believe uh one of those were their players, but I don't know because they're not big names, sorry. Um Rockets traded Nick uh Stauskis uh and Wade Baldwin to the Pacers. Nick Scousis represent Michigan. So the Pacers got Scousis, Baldwin, second round pick, and then uh the Rockets got the rights to uh Lewinen, who I again do not know because they these are not huge players. Um, Raptors traded Monroe to Brooklyn. So the Brooklyn Knicks have Greg Monroe in a second round pick while the Toronto Raptors got cash considerations. Um, the Blazers and Kings swap Labissier and, uh, Swanigan. So UK alum, Scal Labissier is now Portland Trailblazer. And then the Sacramento Kings have, uh, Caleb, uh, Swanigan. So that is, uh, interesting trade for UK nation. Uh, the Grizzlies deal Garrett Temple and uh, Jamichael Green to the Clippers. So the Clippers got Jamichael Green, Garrett Temple. Um, Jamichael Green, man, I just remember him. He had a decent playoff. Um, but Memphis, uh, Memphis, 
I'm sorry. Memphis got a really decent player in Avery Bradley in return. So I, I think that was a good trade for the Grizzlies. Um, Rockets traded James Ennis to the 76ers. Um, and in return, the Rockets got a future second round swap right. Um, Wizards sent a Markeith Morris to the Pelicans for Wesley Johnson. Um, and a second round pick also goes to the Pelicans. The Kings made another trade, which this one was very big, and Mavericks really clear in cap space. Uh, they sent um, Harrison Barnes to the Sacramento Kings in return for Zach Randolph and Justin Jackson. Justin Jackson is a – he was supposed to be better, and he just hasn't panned out really well in the NFL, but it's at least a young pro- a prospect. And then Zach Randolph, obviously – some people didn't even remember he was in the league. That's just more of uh, they're taking on his cap hit for this year. But I think he is a free agent after this year. And Harrison Barnes is obviously not after signing that lucrative extension. Um, so they're just dumping cap room there. Then also, man, the Kings were really buying and selling. Three-team three deal. So long story short, here's what the players got out. Three teams got out of this three team deal. Houston Rockets got Amon Shumpert, Nick Stauskas, Wade Baldwin, and then uh, Cleveland Cavaliers got Brandon Knight, Marquise Chris, and a 2019 protect, lottery protected first round pick. And the Kings got Alec Burks and a second round pick. So crazy trade there. Now this one really interested me. The Wizards traded Otto Porter Jr. to the Bulls. Obviously Otto Porter Jr. had one of the worst contracts in history uh just super overpaid super super overpaid um because it was that crazy a year where people went wild so the bulls now to uh, take on Otto porter jr's salary and the washington wizards got jabari parker bobby portis and a second round pick um two really good players um and i think that that helps the wizards organization going forward without john wall this year my miami heat Agreed to trade Tyler Johnson to the Suns. Oh my gosh, I was so excited about this. Tyler Johnson, another extremely overpaid player that we sadly matched the stupid Brooklyn Nets uh, bid on him in that crazy summer as well. So the Phoenix Suns get Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington, even though I'm really sad that we had a part way with him. But um, we, we just have too many guards and stuff on our team. And in return, we got Ryan Anderson, another super overpaid player. <laughs> but... um. I I think he's a little bit less, and I don't know how many years he has left, but we at least kind of pick up a needed area. I say kind of, but anyways, uh, the Pistons agreed to trade Stanley Johnson to the Bucks for Thon Maker. Um, So Stanley Johnson went to the Bucks, and then... Thumbmaker is now a Detroit Piston, which didn't I talk about that up there? Yeah, this is all like, I'm reading this backwards, guys. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so, and then obviously we know then he gets moved to New Orleans. So, just FYI, spoiler alert. Um, Clippers, uh, this was the biggest one, I feel like. Clippers agreed to a trade for Tobias Harris to the 76ers. So here's here's what everyone got. 76ers got Tobias Harris, Boban Marjanovic, and Mike Scott. So two great players and then a bench player. 
Um, Tobias Harris is definitely going to be the fourth, fourth option on this team, and that is a great fourth option when you are in this league. And really, it ultimately makes them better. And then Boban coming off the bench to replace Joel Embiid, I mean, that is uh, daunting to say the least. Uh, the Clippers in return got um, Landry Shamit, uh, Wilson Chandler, Mike Mascala, who they then ended up uh, flipping. Um, and then they got a 2020 first-round pick, 2020 first-round pick that is from Miami, a 2021 second-round pick, and a 2023 second-round pick. So huge trade there. Um, Lakers traded for Reggie Bullock. Uh, to, so they traded... Um, oh... Savia Solov, Michael. Okay, I'm sorry, I cannot try to pronounce that. And a second round pick to Detroit for Reggie Pollock. That was a very hard name. Uh, Blazers acquired Ronnie Hood from the Cavs. So Blazers got Ronnie Hood in return. The Cavaliers got uh, Wade Baldwin the fourth. Nick Stauskas, who again, had, if since I'm reading this backward like a dope, you know, got traded uh, two additional times, um, and then uh, two second round picks. And then lastly, I, I briefly talked about this on the Monday show. The Knicks traded Kristaps uh, Porzingis to Dallas for Dennis Smith. So Dallas Mavericks received Kristaps Porzingis, Courtney Lee, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Trey Burke, while the New York Knicks now have Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and uh, Wesley Matthew, along with two future first-round picks. That is huge. Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis alongside a retiring Dirk Nowinski. I mean, they are the Euro squad, and they are going to be successful for the next 10 years because of this trade. It was genius. Mark Cuban is a smart owner, and yeah, I, I can't say anymore. The Knicks are stupid, <sighs> but I think they're trying to get in that Zion Williams uh, candidacy, which I don't think is a great idea, but whatever. Let them think what they want to think. So that's all of the trades. Now, there's one last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I'm a little bit upset after what happened last night because then I feel like it doesn't hold validity anymore, but I have officially decided that the Lakers, uh, or I'm sorry, the Pelicans, um, intentionally took the Lakers offers, made them public as to what they were trading for so that they could be a detriment to the Lakers squad and LeBron. So what I'm saying is, is obviously we know the Pelicans organization was upset about Anthony Davis publicly requesting a trade. Um, and it doesn't help that Paul, his agent is, you know, one of LeBron's friends and works, under LeBron, you know, as he is a um, Anthony Davis is represented by Clutch Sports, and I think that the Pelicans wanted to get their best offers so they can then put it on blast, show the whole world, show all the other teams, excuse me, what they're offering, and cause a little dysfunction and I think it did for a moment Alonzo Ball was frustrated saying that he'd rather be traded to the Suns Brandon Ingram was frustrated you know all these young players Kuzma was a little frustrated are finding out hey LeBron to to him y'all are expendable and he'll do anything to get you know Anthony Davis and a top tier player y'all are nothing and I think that hurt a lot of feelings and it was just uh I 
I really think that it was the Pelicans plan to cause this disruption and to cause this pain in this organization. And gosh, I feel like it would be so much more true and so much more fun to talk about it. They did not win last night versus the Celtics. Rajon Rondo, in case anybody didn't see, hit a last second two pointer from the free throw line um, to win the game for the Lakers. And then they all celebrated and hugged together and blah, 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 blah. But I love my story of drama. I love the idea that. You know, they may not even make the playoffs because of this dysfunction, because everyone knows that LeBron does not want them and that the organization does not want them. They want Anthony Davis. Um, The Pelicans have decided that they are going to play Anthony Davis the rest of the year. And Anthony Davis said that that is completely fine. And he plans on playing very hard for them and wants them to get back to the playoffs. I don't see that happening, but, um, you know, I I knew AD was not going to sit out. He's not that kind of person. and I think that there was just a little too late for this whole trade thing. I think he should have came out at the beginning of the year and then this deal would have been done and he'd probably be a Laker already. And and this all would have blown over. But instead he waited uh, till about a week before the trade deadline. And long story short, the Pelicans ownership did not appreciate being put in a stronghold. And so they they did what they wanted to do. And they knew that they had him under contract for one more year, so they are going to uh, stick with it until they get the best absolute offer that makes them want to get rid of Anthony Davis. So we're going to have to wait and see what happens with all of that. But yeah, that's uh, that's everything that I wanted to talk about in today's show. Sorry again for it being so short. I know Friday shows are usually you know at least an hour or two. Um, but like I said, my co-host... They are busy people. They have lives, and I completely understand. Um, So you just get another episode of Just Lucas, and I hope that that is okay. So um, I hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. Check out our local squads, and hopefully that they do great. And any exciting news that happens, we will come back here to talk on Monday. So everyone take care, and I'll see you then. Peace out.